What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. We want to welcome everyone watching online, especially our Grayson campus. Let me tell you something happened last week at Grayson. We had 283 people show up last Sunday. Is that not amazing? Yes, that is awesome. God is doing something already in that region. The doors have only been open for two weeks, and He is already packing the house out. We're already looking at trying to add some space there. It's just amazing to see what God is doing right here in Moorhead and and in Grayson. I'm telling you what, it's amazing. We're in this series called Loveology, the study of love. Aren't you glad you came today? I'm telling you, man, it's going to be a good day. Pastor Trevor kicked it off last week talking about singleness. And there's strength in your singleness. And, and, and we planned this a few months ago. And as we're going through this series, I looked at him and I said, here's what I want you to do, bro. He said, what? I said, I want you to kick off this series and I want you to share your story. And he does what most people do. And I asked when the preacher on staff, he went, wait, what? <laughs> you mean you want me to do what? I said, I want you to tell and share your story about the strength in singleness. So let me just tell you real quick about me. I, I got saved on a Tuesday, saw my wife on a Thursday, took her to, I, I, I finally met her the following Tuesday, took her to a Bible study day on a Thursday, went out with her on a Friday, and hello, 20 years later, we're married with four kids. Can I get a witness? It's crazy. So the reason I share that with you is because I don't know what it's like to be a Christian and then go through a season of waiting for Mr. and Mrs. Wright. I don't know what that's like. I can teach you what you should do in that time of waiting, some things you can work on, but I've not experienced that as he has. And so he has the moral integrity and the moral authority to share that with you. Why? Because not only did he wait to have sex before he gets married, the first person he ever told that he loved was his wife. There's a lot that can be said about that. So if you're single or single again, or you're dating and you're thinking about this stuff, I would encourage you to go back and watch last week's message because he slayed it. It was amazing as he talked about what God did in his life as he was waiting to see what God would bring and, and God had in store for him. So it's a, it's a great message. I want to encourage you to go back. Today we're going to talk about the dating game. We're going to talk a little about dating. Don't tune me out, married couples, because I, I promise your wife is sitting there going, I wish he'd still date me. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be good. And then next week we'll be talking about marriages, all day marriages. It's going to be awesome. So if your marriage is doing great, if your marriage is struggling, we love for you to come be part of it. Invite as many people as you can. And then we have marriage night. We've never done that before. It's so exciting. We, we just believe in marriages here, but there is some things that's going to be happening. We are limited in our seating. So some people have asked, do I have to be married to show up? The answer is yes. You have to be. It's not because we have anything against you, but we're engaged. We're going to get married. We're asking people who've already put the ring on their finger to show up because we need every single seat. We have 200 spots available and they're filling up fast. They're almost gone here at Moorhead and in Grayson as well. We're going to do simulcast there for those who are married. And here's another catch. Your spouse has to come with you because this is going to be interactive. So what if I married someone who's not a Christian? They're more, come bring them. What if they don't go to church? Bring them. You get them here because it's going to be interactive because we need every single seat for what we have planned. And I'm so excited. I got my bride, my wife, my bae going to be up here on stage with me, which I'm really super excited about because she's already nervous because she don't like talking in front of people, but she's going to do great. So we're going to have a good time and interact. It's going to be fun. You don't want to miss it. And then the last Sunday of the month, we'll be talking about big boy stuff like sex. So I just let you know, parents. If you wanted your kid to come here, like, my middle schooler, he don't need it. He already knows more than you think he knows. So if you want to bring him here, I'm just more welcome to invite him. But just let you know, we're going to have that conversation at the end of the month. So last week was singleness, and now you're dating, right? <laughs> you're like, well, no, I haven't found a date yet, but that's okay. So you're in this dating game. What did, where did this even come from? What does the Bible have to say about dating? Are you ready for this? 
absolutely nothing. It doesn't have anything about dating. You know why? Because they didn't date. They were married at age 13 or 14 years old. There was no dating that what we know as dating. But the Bible does talk a lot about relationships, how to have a relationship with your mar- if you're married and your parenting and employees, employers, how to treat people. So the Bible's full of information with the relationships, but it doesn't say anything about dating. And so I did some research to figure out what did this, when did this start? Like when did this, all this take place of courting or dating. So back in the 1700s, my research went back to the 1700s, there's this like empowerment movement that started sweeping the continent, like started sweeping the, the, the world actually, where people started saying, hey, we need more rights or equal rights with women and equal rights with men and, and pay and all this stuff. It's not something we just talk about today. Man, they've been pushing and trying to figure out how do we treat people equally. And what happened in some societies, an uprising came up and said, wait, mom, dad, we love you. You're awesome. But we no longer want you to pick our spouses for us. Because up to the longest time, every marriage was arranged. And, and I, looking at it today, I think that might be a good idea. My wife and I, we're thinking about that. This is who you're going to marry or you're not in the will. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're going to work it out for you, you know, make it good for you. We're going to pick who we think that you need to be with. But all these people start rising up going, wait, wait, wait. We should pick who we marry if we want to get married and when we should marry. Parents, you shouldn't arrange it anymore for us. And so even in today, there's some societies, there's still arranged marriages. And so people start having this uproar and say, we get the right, we get the empowerment, we get the vote, we get to pick what we want. So what happened is courting began to take place. That's what the old school terminology is courting. We call it dating. That I get to pick who I want to go out with. I'm going to try. In fact, the word dating came from where you select someone on a calendar that you were going to go on that date out with them. And that's where we get the word even dating, that you are absolutely or actually dating someone. And it was a way for you to get to pick and try it out who you want to spend the rest of your life with. I love what Pastor Jacob teaches our youth here, our young people. There's only two outcomes to dating. Y'all know that? Two outcomes. Only two. You're either going to break up or you're going to get married. That's it. That's the outcome. Now you think about it. If you're dating right now, the person you're with, you will either break up with them or eventually you will marry them. That's it. That's the outcome. And then if you stay together long enough, there's a common law, you end up being married anyway. But you know what I'm talking about. Like you're going to either break up or you're going to marry them. And so when you think about typical dating, man, isn't it funny? I love, you know, you think about it, you know, how it happens. Like you got a guy and a girl, they meet up like, hey, what's up? You know, and the guy's acting all cool, like he's all that stuff. And and the girl, she's like, oh, what's up? How you doing? I don't know if she does that, but in my mind, she's just throwing her hair like. And so they meet and they say, hey, we got a little bit in common. Let's go out. Let's go out. And you go out with them. And all of a sudden, here's what guys do. how guys roll. And so all the guy friends go, so dude, tell me about her, man. How is it? And here's how a guy responds. Man, she's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. She's funny, man. She's kind of, she's cool, man. She's cool. And then you go over here on the girl's sides and the girl's like, oh, tell me all about him. She goes, oh my God, she's the best. He bought my meal for me. He took me out to eat. I love him. I mean, I love him. You've been, you've been dating three weeks. And you already say you're in love with him, right? And then it's like this ooh and ah, and it's awesome. And everything is like, he's the best. And somewhere between the first month and the third month, you're like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with him. I mean, he's amazing. You're telling everyone, no one's ever treated me like this before. I mean, he is just so good, good to me, right? I mean, his love is reckless for me. I mean, you're like singing it now, like, oh oh my gosh. I mean, this is the man. This is the one I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And then something happens at month three. I don't know what it is, but I can... You just put your finger on it. Something takes place on the third month. And on the third month, almost every day in a relationship I've ever seen or been, or, or been around, I'm telling you, the third month something happens. 
all of a sudden things begin to surface like crazy stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Like it begins to surface to the top. And she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know men picked their nose that much. You know what I'm saying? And they roll it and flip it, which is disgusting. Right? I mean, like, and, and all of a sudden, the things you thought you saw, now you begin to see all these cracks and like, I, I, he's not as smart as I thought he was. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, well, she's not as cute as I thought. Like, all of a sudden, all these like cracks and stuff begin to float. And now you've got some conflict. And there's some red flags when it comes to dating. I just want to encourage you. So here's some red flags. If you argue about everything, red flag, red flags. You've been there, I've been there, right? When you argue about every little thing, there's red flag. When he begins to control you, ladies, red flag. When he begins to say things, I love you, if you will, red flags. Listen to me, bro. If she begins to get jealous of you and your friends and she's trying to control and she's always jealous of your friends, hating on your friends because y'all still play Fortnite all night, you know what I'm saying? And she's jealous of your friends, there's a red flag. There's so many red flags here. And she looks at you and you've been dating three months. She says, I can't live without you. Red flag. <laughs> right? I'm serious. I'm serious. If, if she's always clingly like, I just, I don't know where else to go. You're the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life in. I'm telling you, be careful. Listen, I'm just telling you. Listen to me. If he's verbally abusing you, walk out now. You deserve better than that. And these are red flags that happen. And then here's what takes place. A few months pass by or a few years pass by. And now you're just like, I can't break up with them. I can't break up. I can't say no. I can't break up. Why? Because look how much time I have invested. I spent my high school career, maybe through my college. I've got four years with this joker. I can't break up. And besides, he was my first. It's the first person I slept with. No one's going to want me now. Who's going to want someone like me? And you, some of you know, the reason why you are married now to the person you're married because you had time invested. And now you're like, I can't go back up and make, I'm 24, 25 years old. I can't jump now back and do this. And I'm not just talking to those who are dating. I'm talking to those who are dating again. Because I'm telling you what, adult dating drama is way worse than people's never been married before drama. I mean, it's crazy, y'all. I mean, crazy. And so, so what happens is I was like, I, where am I to go? We've already told people we're going to get married. I don't have time to start over. I've invested so much time. And you know deep down in your heart, they're not the one. But what are you going to do? Because who else is going to want you now? And then marriage comes. You're like, man, I guess we get married. I don't know what else. Who else will put up with me? No one else will like. He promised me he will change. I'm telling you, promises don't show commitment. Preparation shows commitment. And that's what Pastor Trevor was talking about last week when he was called to ministry, doing things that God did in the light, but the dark area yet that wasn't revealed. He was preparing, waiting for that moment. So when God brought that time in his life, he was ready for it. And then they go ahead and they get married. And you're sitting here today going, uh, what if I married the wrong person? We're going to talk about that next week. What happens if you married the wrong person? What do, you, what do you do if that happens? Some of you are thinking, why are you even talking about this? I mean, leave this to Dr. Phil, right? And all the books out. Why are you even talking about, if the Bible don't talk about dating, why are you talking about it? Because we care about marriages. And this is what ushers it in. This is, is some things. That you, if you think this could be premarital counseling for everyone today watching online and in the house today. What are some things you need to think through? But this is the big thing. It's because your decisions determine your destiny. If you want to think about it, the reason why you are sitting where you're sitting today, where you are today, is because of the decisions you've made in your life. 
Life may have threw a curveball indirectly came at you and you chose to respond a certain way that's landed you in the seat where you are right now today. Think about it. What you do with Jesus determines your destiny and it's your choice. You can give your life to Jesus, turn from your sin, put your faith and trust in Him and spend a place called heaven for all eternity. Or you could reject Jesus, say I don't need Jesus and spend it in a place called hell. It's your choice, heaven or hell. Your decision will determine your destiny, especially when it comes to marriage. we got to make sure we make the best and wise decision. So if you're married, here's what's going to happen today. You might find some of the root causes of your conflicts. They might be some, oh, I didn't think, I didn't, if I would only looked into that. If you're divorced, you may understand, hey, how's it work next time? Well, how do I work through this? What went wrong? Which is a great thing to learn from. And if you're single or dating, I hopefully you leave here realizing, I hope I married the right person. How do I marry the right person? Here's a news flash. This is crazy. This is so profound. It's gonna, you're going to follow. This is, listen, this, this was worth the trip this morning. You ready for this? God doesn't pick your spouse for you. Gosh. Because some of you have been told your whole life, there's one special person out there, and you better marry the right one. If you logically think about that, it takes one person on the planet to mess all of us up. They married the wrong word, and now they know, we, I, mar- I married the wrong person. But nowhere in the Bible does it teach where God chooses your spouse for you. He knows who you're going to marry because God knows all things. He will lead you, guide you, direct you, but the, at the end of the day, it is your choice who you say yes to. And as the wedding vows so brutally, honestly say, for better or for worse. And it's your choice. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through some things today. In fact, I have three questions. As I planted this out, there's three questions that if you were sitting down and we had premarital counseling, if you're dating, we're trying to walk through this. Here's some questions that I'm going to ask you to see maybe possibly if this person has a chance to steal your heart, that has a chance to put a ring on your finger. Now, this is not like everything there is to know about. And we can't fix all the problems in 30 minutes. I understand that. But hopefully today you begin conversations with the person you're dating or if you're single thinking, wait, wait, hold up. I hear some things that I need to work through because I'm telling you, if you can get these questions down and think through some of this, it, it will go a very long way than this the average person who jumps into a marriage. So if you're ready to get started, say, let's go. All right, you asked for it. Here we go. Question number one, are they following Jesus? You're like, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to say that, right? I mean, come on. Are they following Jesus? But think about that. Are they literally following Jesus? I didn't ask you, do they know about Jesus? I didn't ask you, did they come with you at Christmas service? I didn't ask you, they're so spiritual, they got a tattoo of a cross on them. You know what I'm saying? Well, they know, they know Jesus, they got a tattoo of a cross. Okay. I didn't ask you if they were raised in church. Because just because you're raised in church don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing at all. I mean, I meet people all the time and say, hey, man, what's going on? Well, my papa is a deacon. Well, grab for your papa. What about you? Well, my great-grandpa is the one that donated the land for that church to build on. Awesome. That don't make you a Christian. What's that mean? you got to make this choice for yourself. I don't care if they were raised in church. They're like, well, they've been in church their whole life. And are they following Jesus or are they dating the church? Which one are they doing? Because if they're following Jesus, it's going to be evident in our life. And maybe we should flip the scripture and ask you, are you following Jesus? As Pastor Trevor said last week, are you doing, are you the person that you're looking for? Are you becoming that person? So are you following Jesus? 
So what are some things, some questions you could think through that is this, like, like are they reading their Bible? You're just like, well, that's basic, right? Are they in the Word? Are they teaching you and telling you things like God's been speaking to them in their, in their quiet time and stuff like that? Are they in the Bible? Are they serving? Listen, this is very important. You should look for someone who serves. And the reason why I say it, because it takes a posture of humility to serve. And if you take pride into your marriage relationship with you, OMG, it's going to be tough. But the moment you have a posture of a servanthood, that you serve each other, and it's mutual submission, that I submit to my wife, and, and she submits to me, and it's this mutual submission. It's a beautiful picture of serving. And one thing to get your heart ready to serve your spouse is begin to serve the family of God. Because if you're not serving, you're probably not growing. Because something about the posture of serving the people around you. Are they in community? Are they in a group? Like, do they, do they need a church family? Are they in a church family? Do they got people in their life? Are they accountable to people in their life? Because if he's isolating himself and I don't need church and I don't need religion and I don't need people in my life, that's a big red flag. Because the moment you isolate yourself, Satan will assassinate you when you get away from the flock. So you got to have community with each other. You should pick up on this stuff. Is he, is, he, is he need people like that or she needs people in her life? Here's one. This one's funny. You might laugh at this, throw it out there. But is he tithing? Like, is, is he generous? And you're like, <laughs> how do I ask that? Boy, I know you're making $7.12 an hour, but boy, are you tithing. You know what I mean? How do you ask that? Right? Can I see your tax returns? I mean, you're like, well, how do you know? Right? And you may say, Pastor Daniel, come on, man. You're going a little far. Are you telling me you're going to ask your daughter's boyfriend if he's tithing? Yes. And let me tell you why. Because the Bible says that when you don't tithe, you are a God robber, which means you are robbing God. You ain't rob God from what he has. You're robbing God's blessings that he wants to put on your life. So the Bible calls you a thief. Are you telling me that I'm going to hand over one of the most precious gifts God ever given me to a thief? Who's going to rob God's blessings on her life? Uh-uh. She ain't getting, she ain't getting on a date till she's 30, so he better have a job by then anyway, so it don't matter. And so I'm like, well, Pastor, I'm serious. I don't, want, I don't want my kids marrying a thief. I want them to have everything that God has for them and blesses them. And this reveals their heart. So this is things like, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. You should look at these things. Because the reality is this, if the person you are dating is not helping you grow closer to Jesus, then you are probably dating the wrong person. And I'm not being mean about that. I know he plays football and he, he looks good. I know all that. But if they're not helping you, he or she, get closer to Jesus, then you may be dating the wrong person, especially if they're not a Christian. Especially if they're not a Christian. In fact, listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. Look at, this is a very hard word, but look what he says. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteous be a partner with wickedness? How can light with darkness, live with darkness. What harmony, unity can there be between Christ and the devil? That is powerful right there. Oh my gosh. How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? Some of you right now, I'm praying about marriage someone who's not a Christian. The Bible says don't pray about it. The answer is no. But I think they'll change. No. And I know some of you married someone who wasn't a Christian and God did a work in their life and they became a Christian and now your marriage is awesome. I know some of you were dating and you were a Christian and you didn't know that just now that maybe you shouldn't, but now they became a Christian and it worked out for you. But the majority, it doesn't happen that way. Stop using dating as an evangelistic tool. Just to try to win someone over, I'm telling you, don't even consider someone who's not following Jesus because there's no way that you can have the emotional oneness, the sexual oneness, and all the other onenesses in the Bible if you don't have spiritual oneness together. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. 
But I will share this with you. Even though if you both are Christians and you both love Jesus, it's not enough. There's some other things you need to start going through and walking through. So I'm saying, this is like a premarital counseling. If you're in my office, hey, we both love Jesus. What's next? Okay, you asked for it. Here's the next question. Are you heading in the same direction? Are they heading in the same direction as you? Now, it's funny that you think you would ask this question. That's so basic. Uh, I would never thought about it because I'm blinded by love and lust and looks. Are you heading in the same direction? Look what Amos says in Amos 3. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And I want to encourage you, you need to agree on the direction before you say I do. Because I know couples, as simple as talking about kids. You want kids? You want kids? Sure. About how many? About how many? I don't know, but let's have fun trying. I don't know how we're going to do it. And you have all these questions. I know a couple. The guy goes and gets fixed. Wife doesn't know. Seven years later, she's ready to have kids. He's like, uh-uh. They end in divorce. They could have had that conversation before they got married. They didn't talk about it. Why are they blinded by love and lust? They don't have conversation. You're heading in the same direction. Career. You want to be a stay-at-home mom? We need to talk about this. Because now we might have to save differently, plan different. Our lifestyle has to be a little bit different because we're getting in position for this. Right? Maybe you married her and she's like, I'm a small town girl. I want to live on the farm. I want to next to my parents. I want to be close to everybody. I don't want to leave this area. I don't want to leave this region. But he loves Jesus. He's awesome. He's cute. And he's a city slicker. And he wants to go to big city. He's got dreams and stars and travel the world. You're like, I ain't going nowhere. You can talk about that now. Well, we'll just figure that out. No, you end up figuring it out in my office. When you could have had a conversation about before you even started it. Before you even put a ring on it. Are you heading in the same direction in life? Do you have the same vision together? Because watch this, two vision brings the vision in the house. And I know you don't know the future and I know you don't know everything about it, but these are conversations you could have now before you say I do. And I want to encourage you to do that because if you sit down in front of me, these are what I'm going to ask you. Where are you guys going? Okay, you love Jesus, you love Jesus, cool. But where are you heading in your life? Because the Bible says this in Ephesians 2. Look what it says. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Watch this. So that we now can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Here's what I know about you. God has purposely planned out your life. He has ordained the footsteps of your life for you and the person that you're with. So you better make sure that you're heading somewhere in the same direction. The lady, I know, she talks about, I'm single and I'm trying to find somebody, but I feel like being a career missionary. And I said, honey, you just said no to 99.999% of the dudes out there. Because you got to find someone who feels called to be a career missionary. Watch this, but at the continent or the location you're heading. See, people don't want to talk about this stuff before. And why? Because we're in love. Oh my gosh, look at his biceps. You know what I'm saying? And we're blinded by this. But we don't have the hard conversations on this side of the wedding vows. And this is as simple as having a conversation. Why? Because you got, watch it. Here's, I told somebody, here's what a perfect marriage looks like. You want to know, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage ever. Here's what a perfect marriage looks like. Two imperfect, sinful people fighting for each other. Because guess what? My wife, she has a purpose and a calling and a vocation and a ministry. I have a purpose and a calling and a vocation and a ministry. And we will give an account on what we did with the purpose that God gave us in our life. But we want to make sure we're heading in the same direction. But you know what the most tragic thing is? Is that most people go to their grave not understanding what their purpose was on this planet. As the great theologian Mark Twain always said, the two most important days in your life is the day you were born and the day you find out why you are born. 
Why has God put you on this planet earth? It's not just to take you to heaven because the moment you got saved, he took you to heaven. He left you here, woke you up this morning because he has a purpose for you. And if you're looking for someone to fulfill those purposes together, you better make sure you're heading in the same direction. Here's my third final question. But when I say final, I'm not finished yet. But my third and final question, and this is going to seem so simple. But if you can remove all the things that distract you and really ask, you, ask this question and really dive deep down into it, I think you may discover an answer with this. And it's so simple, but yet profound. Is this someone you can see spending the rest of your life with? 30 years from now, when you roll over in bed, and you look and there they are, wrinkles and all, warts and all. Is this someone you could see spending the rest of your life with? People ask me all the time, Pastor Daniel, how did you know Lynn was the one? Like, how did you know she was the one? Like, how did you know? I want to know what's the formula, what's the secret? I said, how did I know? She's gorgeous and godly. Is there anything else? I mean, come on, right? I mean, you got to understand, I got saved on Tuesday, met her the next Tuesday. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm following this girl wherever she goes. I don't care what her plans is in life. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know no different. I'm like, I'm like, you leave me, I go with you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's it. But I'm telling you, it's so funny because we are so completely opposite. Thank God they didn't have Facebook and Twitter and video cameras back when I was growing up. Can I get a witness in my early 90 generations? I mean, you got to understand. I mean, I, I was a hellion, y'all. I mean, a hellion, you know? I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm just a hellion. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, girl, when I got saved, you got to say, when I met my wife, I was like, bag, I was like, yo, what's up, girl? What's up? You know, I had my hat on back with my hoop earrings and my gold chain. Yo, what's up? I'm a baller, shot collar, break dancer. Come on, let's go. You know, I was like, R. Kelly bumping, come on, my 90 people. You know what I'm talking about, right? Joe to see. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And then God radically saves me. And then I meet this angel. She floats like a dove down the steps and introduces herself to me. And I'm like, girl, what's up? I had no idea I was about to marry a girl that drives a Ford F-150, lives on a farm, raises tobacco, and clogs. <laughs> Could you see that picture? Breakdancer and clogger. Oh, what's up, right? This is crazy. Because here's what happens. Opposite attract and then they attack. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Have you noticed it? Because that's what happens. And unless you're mature enough to figure out those differences, at least I told my wife, I am, we are so completely, so opposite, it's not even funny. I'm like, has, I, I like bleed spontaneity. Let's just go. And I married a planner. Oh, no, we're not going. We got to plan this. I got four kids and you, you're the fifth kid. I got to schedule everything. I'm at the door with my bags going, I'm ready. She's like, I got five more people to get ready. That's just how men's work, man. That's how we roll, you know. And you're sitting there going, man, how, how do we figure this out? Because we are opposite. And no, here's the reality. Here's the reality. I am so thankful we are opposite. Our personalities are completely opposite on the spectrum. We take all the personality tests. Completely opposite. Because here's why I'm so thankful that we're opposite. It's because where I'm weak, she's strong. And where she's weak, I'm strong. And this is not a cliche. This is not a Jerry Maguire statement. But honestly, we complete each other because we're opposite. 
And until we learn how to mutually submit to each other and humble ourselves to figure out how do we take two opposite people and make this beautiful thing that we call marriage, that takes maturity and humility. It's not that I'm better than her, she's better than me. That's how God wired us. We got to now figure out how as adults, how do we work through our differences and find somewhere to meet in the middle. Welcome to marriage. Throw some kids in the mix. Whoa, welcome to marriage. Because what happens, dude, is begin to realize how selfish we really are because we want what we want when we want how we want it. But now we got another booger in the bed with us that we love to death. So that's what marriage, you got to figure this stuff out. Yes, there should be chemistry. You should get along with each other. I understand that. Yes, it, hope, there should be attraction. You're attracted to them. I, I, I get that. The personality clashes, but we are a completely different personality, but we figured out how to work through that stuff. And I know there's the hobbies, ambitions, and goals, and beliefs that you have in life. But the reality is you got to figure this out as you go. Now, a lot of research I've been doing, because it seems like, especially in our society, and, and this is not being mean, this is, it sounds counterintuitive, but you think, well, then, then maybe I'll tell you what, let's just, let's cohabitate, let's just live together to make sure they're the right one. And, and the reality is that when you read the statistics, and this is statistical facts, is that 46% of people who cohabit before they get married, guess what, it ends in divorce. You got a 46, it's already a corn toss, 50-50. Now you just increase about another 46% inside the 50%. That's crazy odds. Statistics shows that there's more verbal abuse and domestic violence in those cases, and they're least happier than those who've waited. And so that's not here to beat anybody up. It's just, listen, we want what's best for you. So here's, here's, here's what I want to share with you. I shared this with our team members this past Tuesday. It's not being mean. It's that a couple things. One, if that's you, we, we're here to help you take your next steps and every step that is. Either one, man up, put a ring on her finger. Ladies, say yes. Platinum, one carat, say yes to, but say yes. Or, I don't know if you're the one, and be honest. And either way, then maybe take the steps and just move out. But I know, but financially it helps, and taxes, it helps us on our taxes, and it works out because we both, I understand, I understand, I heard, I know, I know, I know. But I promise you this, God will honor your decision, and He will take care of you when you just do the right thing. And we will help you in any way. If that's you, don't be embarrassed. Come, we will help you. We want to help you take your next step and follow you so you can experience that awesome life, the better life that He has for you. So we want to help you in any way we can help you. Please just let us know. But here's the question I have for you. Here's the question. If they never changed, is this something you, someone you see spending the rest of your life with? If he never stopped looking at porn, which he probably is, with this person you want to spend the rest of your life with. If he never stopped verbally abusing you, is this someone you see spending the rest of your life? If she never stops being jealous, is this someone you see spending the rest of your life with? Because here, listen to me, marriage will not change them. In fact, marriage will amplify these problems even more. And if these are not fixed, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I know he's cute. I know he's got great direction in his life. I know he, that, listen, even if you're a Christian, are you heading in the same way? And the reason I share this with you, listen, because listen, I want to fight for marriages that are worth fighting for. Yes, and some of you realize, man, I screwed up. That was me. I got married at such a young age. Quit blaming on your immaturity that you got married. People got married when they're 13 and 14 years old. 
back in the day. So don't, don't blame it on just your immaturity. You made the decision, now what? Maybe yours ended, now what? What steps do I take? Well, you know we're all about taking next steps here at Better Life Church, so let me help point you in the right direction. Here's, here's some steps I wanna encourage you to take today. Not only do I, you need to ask those three questions, but here's some steps. The first one is this, give your life to Jesus. And let me tell you why you need to give your life to Jesus. One, because he came for you and died for you. And that's the greatest decision you ever make in your life. But let me tell you why. Listen to me, ladies. Listen to me, sir. There's no way you can love your wife the way she needs to be loved until you've experienced the unconditional love from your Heavenly Father. And until you experience that, there's no way you can love her the way she needs to be loved. There's no way that you can forgive her the way that she needs to be forgiven because they're going to make mistakes until you've experienced unconditional forgiveness from your Heavenly Father. And so the first step you need to do is give your life to Jesus right now. Whether you're watching online, the Grayson campus, you give your life to Jesus today. Here's the thing, get involved in a church. Get involved, start serving. It gets a posture of, of humility because trust me, you begin to serve each other when you get married. You gotta get in a church and start getting around family who love you and, and roll their sleeves up with you and serve with you. And get involved in a local church. Here's another one, start discovering God's vision for your life. Like really get before God and say, God, what's my purpose? Why have you placed me here? And, and I don't need to know everything there is about the future. Just help me see what my next step is. What is that you have for me? And get focused before God because Jeremiah says, I have good plans for you, not to hurt you, not to harm you, but give you a good future and hope. Sit down and work through a life plan. And then listen to me. Here's another one. Watch this. Slow down. Slow down. Mom, dad, slow down. Quit pressuring your kid. When you're going to get married just because you want grandkids, slow down. It's already tough enough. They don't need the pressure from you. And I know you love them. You do it with the goodness of your heart. And I know you care. Slow down. Slow down. No one says you have a speed up through this. Take your time. You don't have to jump into this. You can work through it. Make sure. Because marriage is permanent. When you say I do, you say I do. And I know the day in our society, people want to try to redefine marriage. And people say, hey, it's no big deal and all this stuff. It is a huge deal. We don't get the right to redefine. It's between a man and a woman for the rest of their life. And listen to me. God wants you to have a wonderful married life if you choose to get married. No one's forcing you that. And I know, listen, let me just real quick, to the dating couples, to the dating couples. I know some of this is tough. Because what's just popped up in your mind is this. Oh my goodness, I don't know for sure if this was the right person. And now you've got a hard conversation you've got to have with yourself, with the Lord, and go, okay, now what do I do? And my prayer for you is that God will give you the grace and the mercy to make the best decision. Some of you are like, well, I need to slow down here because I, I don't really know about yet just what's up. Some of you are dating going, oh my gosh, this is awesome. We're on the right track. We're heading in the right direction. Did you hear him? Put a ring on it, honey. Like, let's go. Like, you're ready, right? You're ready. You're ready, like right now. We'll do it right after service. Come forward. We're going to marry him right now, right? I mean, you're ready. You're going to have 1,500 people at your wedding day, right? Just get some gifts, right? You're ready. Let's go. So you're like, oh, this is it. You're rowing the boat the same way. This, is the, this could be the person. Could be. That's awesome. And if you're married, maybe what you realize is like, you know what? You're right. That's what, that's what happened. Maybe I jumped in too fast and maybe I was blinded by lust or love or, or time invested and I just, I didn't know no better and I just jumped into it. And maybe you made the fullest decision. Maybe you made a great decision. But here's what I want to say to you. There's hope for you. And there's hope for your marriage. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 6, if you'll seek his will and all that you do, he will show you what path to take. And I just want to encourage you to say this. Next week, we're going to work through marital stuff because marriage is tough. We're going to work through some of that stuff. It's going to be okay. We're going to work. And we're going to talk about what happens if you married the wrong person. What if you chose the wrong person? What do you do? Here's the big one. How do I change my spouse? Like, how do I change them to be what you're saying to be? What do I do? How do I do that? We're going to talk about that next week. So if there's people in your life and they're married and they're struggling with it or they're not struggling with it, listen, invite people. Get them here because we're going to talk through this stuff. We have to because marriages are worth fighting for. I'm going to ask if you would to bow your heads. I love you guys. Last week I had an opportunity to go and preach in Corbin, one of my buddies' church. God showed up. Tons of people gave their life to Jesus. But listen, there's no place like home. It's an honor to be your pastor. It's an honor and a privilege to have the opportunity to speak into your life. And I want you to hear your pastor's heart. I'm not saying this stuff to beat you up or, or to make you feel bad or guilty. I'm, I, I'm going to speak to you if I would my daughter or my son. Make sure because marriage is permanent. For better, for worse. For rich or for poor. Make the best decision. And that's all you can do is figure out how do I make that. And that's why I want to help you. And for anything we can do to serve you, we are here to serve you. If you have questions to walk through stuff, we want to help you walk through stuff. Listen, because we believe that marriages are worth fighting for. We still do. And so I'm just going to pray that God gives you the wisdom, discernment, the grace, and the mercy to make whatever decision you feel that he's leading you to make. But the greatest decision you can ever make, whether you're watching online, Grayson, or here in Moorhead, is to give your life to Jesus. Because until you experience an unconditional love, you'll never love your spouse the way they deserve to be loved. And so if that's you and you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you, if you're watching online as well, to pray with me. Now, you've heard me say a thousand times, saying a prayer will not save you, but your lips can proclaim what your heart declares. And the Bible says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, watch this, you will be saved. And that's the first step you need to take in the greatest relationship of your life. So if that's you, I want you to pray with me and to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today I'm going to turn from my sin and I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. Now God, help me live for you all the days of my life. If that's you at both of our locations, here's what's going to happen. You have a next step to take. It's all about taking next steps. So just in a moment, I'm going to close this in prayer. And when I do, when I begin to pray, here's what I want to see happen. If you serve in our next step area, you're one of our team members in the next step area, when I begin to pray, I'm going to ask you to stand up and go ahead and walk out to the next step area. If you're here today and you gave your life to Jesus and you prayed with me, only you know that. God knows your heart. Here's what I want you to do. When I begin to pray, I want you to grab your things. And I want you to walk on out to the next step area. It's a big red room or a red banner at the Grayson campus. Because we have some resources we want to give you. 
to help you in your journey, in your walk with Jesus. And the reason we want you to go is so that you can beat the crowd out and get out there because it's a packed house. Because this is the very best important decision you ever make in your life. So as I begin to pray, team members, would you begin to move? And if you gave your life to Jesus, would you just grab your things and go ahead and walk out while I pray? God, thank you so much for saving people today. Thank you so much for speaking to our hearts and our lives. God, what an honor and a privilege to be here just to sit in your presence today and to be loved on you. God, I know you've spoken to us about some decisions we need to make. Some questions have popped up. Great. That we need to work through, talk through, and walk through. And I pray, Lord, those who are seeking this, they don't do it alone. That you will surround them with godly people, with godly advice and godly wisdom to help them work through the greatest decision that they'll make apart from giving their life to you. And that is if they choose to spend the rest of their life with someone to make sure they make the best decisions they can make, at least what they know, as they follow you, Jesus, and their purpose and plan for their life. So we thank you in advance for next Sunday, for the marriage in the morning and marriage night next week. It's going to be amazing. We thank you for what you're going to do. We pray that marriages will be strengthened, lives will be strengthened, that families will be strengthened, Lord, so the next generation to come can continue to proclaim the gospel and witness how mom and dad love each other. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we ask and we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. You can let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app available on any major platform. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting what God is doing in this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying that you have a great week and we hope to see you again soon.